We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, DeAndre Hopkins is now officially signing with the Tennessee Titans. So we're going to take a look at why that's good news, but obviously not great news for the Ravens. And we'll also review how Baltimore had a hand in preventing Hopkins from teaming up with quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host Sarah Ellison. It is Monday, July 17th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Well, just before the weekend hit, we learned that Bengals running back Joe Mixon, he took a pay cut, which sparked a debate in Baltimore. Plus, while we're talking about Cincinnati, we'll look at how a fan tried to throw shade on the Ravens, but it backfired. Plus, Marlon Humphrey did not like where Ronnie Stanley ranked among left tackles entering the 2023 season. And a hilarious video of two girls talking about, of all people, Nelson Aguilar on TikTok that went viral. (laughs) Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, Bobby. So the big news of Sunday afternoon is we finally know where wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins will be landing after so much speculation, so much flirting with a ton of different teams. DeAndre Hopkins himself has confirmed that he is going to the Tennessee Titans. And for information on how much that is worth, he's going to sign a two-year deal. And it's worth up to $32 million with incentives. Twenty-six is is more the base. Um, so in year one, and I'll bring this up because we want to compare it to OBJ. In year one, DeAndre Hopkins will get a base of $12 million with a chance of getting up to $15 million. Okay, that's his year one. Now, if you remember with OBJ, in his year one, he'll get $15 million, but then he'll get a chance to get up to $18 million. So it looks like uh, OBJ got about $3 million more than what Hopkins is getting from, from Tennessee, but Hopkins is also getting that second year. Yeah, this this was a heck of a drawn out process as we thought it might be, you know, really all off season long. And it came a little bit earlier than I would have expected. I thought this might have had a chance to kind of drag into training camp. Uh, but we're still what about a little less than 10 days away from that. So they get it done. Tennessee gets a bona fide playmaker, obviously still got a lot left in the tank. And Sarah, big picture. We're going to get into, you know, of course, we're going to revisit in a second here. 
some of the thoughts that that DeAndre shared on the I Am Athlete podcast about some of his wants for his next organization. We're going to try and hold him accountable here. We'll go back and forth on that. But when you think about big picture, it's already a gauntlet in the AFC, and now it just got even thicker with Tennessee in the picture. Regardless of whether what you think about them, they now have you know probably a future. Hall of Fame wide receiver for Ryan Tannehill. I mean, we'll see who ends up being their their quarterback this year, whether it's, you know, Will Levis or, or Ryan Tannehill. Right now on the depth chart, it's it's Tannehill's job to lose. Levis is just a rookie. Malik Willis, the, the kid out of Liberty, is going to, you know, try and, and fight to and claw to, to make this team. But when I, as soon as I saw this, I'm like, here we go again. The AFC just got even <laughs> more of a gauntlet. Yeah, and it, here's my thing, though, is I totally agree. I think he's going to make Tennessee better. He's going to have a chance to maybe have some more single coverage with defenses so focused on Derrick Henry running the ball. Um, and so, yeah, we didn't need any more <clears throat> teams getting better. That said, based off of the criteria that you mentioned, based off the criteria that Hopkins said he wanted, um, he made it sound like he was going to go shopping for a championship ring. And he didn't do that. Um, and that's okay. He instead preferred this was clearly based off of all the reports. This is the best offer he got money-wise with Tennessee. And so while he'll make Tennessee better, I think this is actually good news for the Ravens. That's why, you know, we say it's good but not great. It's good news because I way prefer him catching passes from Ryan Tannehill or Will Levis or whoever, you know, is throwing the ball. Um, I way prefer him helping Tennessee than I would want him helping the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. And we do know based off of reports from, from Albert Breer that those two teams before DeAndre Hopkins was cut, even though there were tons of reports about the Ravens being in on it. According to Albert Breer, the most substantive talks before he got cut was with uh, the Chiefs and the Bills. So it feels kind of a, like a relief that he'll be going to the Titans because at the end of the day, winning usually comes down to who has the best quarterback. And as as you know, as good as the Titans could be, I just prefer him with, with Tannehill than I would prefer him with the Mahomes or an Allen. So I feel like if the Ravens weren't going to get him, uh, Titans is a nice consolation prize. Yeah, I think that's well said. They're still going to have to see him, though, right? Mark yeah. your calendars here for a game that already probably was circled, right? The Ravens are going back to London, as we know, Sunday, October 15th. It's an NFL Network game, 9.30 a.m. Eastern start time. It's a home game, technically, against the Titans. And now the Ravens secondary is going to have to deal with DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, the aforementioned wants, we covered this on the vault probably over a month ago at this point in the off season when DeAndre went on the I am athlete podcast and essentially listed what he's looking for or was looking for in his next organization. Yes. I think that's something that I haven't really had, uh, you know, past couple years in my career coming from Houston. So being in Arizona, uh, you know, so I've been through three to four GMs, my career show a stable management, uh, a QB who loves the game. Uh, QB who brings everybody on board with him, which is not just himself, but, uh, you know, people around him. Uh, you know, I don't need a great QB. I've done it with 
with subpar QBs, you know, just a QB who loves the game like I do. Um, and a great defense. I think defense won championships. Uh, for me, I think that's the key. You got to have a great defense. You got to have a great D line. And uh, you know, obviously, just like you said, you, you meet with people. Uh, I have a council of friends uh, who who are, are not just my friends, but you know, they're they're my business business managers as well. So uh, you know, we go in depth about these things, and that's why I love this this process. I love this game. It teaches you a lot, and uh, you know, for me, that's it. You know, great management, QB who loves the game, and a great defense. What I want is stable. So, so Sarah, again, that was from earlier this offseason. And to your point earlier on in the show, he, he took the money, right? And that's okay. Like, that's, that's okay. But I think we both immediately thought about that interview right there. And when we were talking in our, you know, our pre-show meeting, we just kind of were in agreement that his ultimate decision didn't match up with, with what he's looking for, what he was looking for, right? I mean, it just didn't. Well, yeah, no, I think we had a little back and forth. Well, first first of all, it, it, this isn't, they just got a brand new GM, so stable management is not what I would call Tennessee. Great defense. They were uh, first in the league in rushing, but last in the, in the league in passing defense, right in the middle in points per game, so I wouldn't classify that as a uh, championship winning defense, and I don't know, maybe, I'm sure Ryan Tannehill loves the game. I don't know enough about him, so he definitely didn't get any, uh, you know, or he didn't get all of those things for himself. But I will say if I'm taking a look at it from Hopkins point of view and the options that he had at this point. So when he gave that, I think, was that before he was cut or was it right after he was cut? Do you know? I don't, but it was like, you know, right in the heart of, of everything. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. So, but, but so he was in conversations with the chiefs and the bills, as I said, according to Albert Breer, Albert Breer said, he reported that they were making he was making a lot of progress with the Chiefs and then the OBJ deal went down. And as I said, that was 15 million with the chance of 18 million. Now, Albert Breer also reported that they eventually once he saw that he wanted more money. And so it's like, well, how much did the Chiefs offer? Well, we do know, according to Albert Breer, that they ended up giving the money that they were going to give to Hopkins. They gave to uh, Donovan Smith and he got a one year deal for three million. Like it's one thing to like take a million or two less, but that's like 10 million less, right? That's a lot, lot less. And so, and the chiefs weren't totally out of it by the time that OBJ deal blew it up. So I'll say this OBJ for all intents and purposes, I agree. He was overpaid, but we've talked about the benefits of that overpay in terms of getting the Lamar Jackson. Yeah, like he got, he helped get Lamar Jackson signed. Both Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh said that he was a help in that. He got, he brings this all pro experience. He could very well help the Ravens get over the hump in the passing game. So you pay for all that. You pay for the jersey sales, you pay for the ticket sales, all that kind of stuff. And then he stopped Hopkins from progressing along with the Chiefs to go with, with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, OBJ. I'll take that as another, like, you know, consolation prize, even though that's not the main reason why they signed him. That certainly was a benefit, and and we'll take that. So, But at that point, if he's like, whoa, I'm getting $10 million less, I could see why he would back out of that. But then KC moved on, um, and so and ultimately so did the Bills. I mean, they were still talking according to, to reports, but nothing serious. And so really his two options now – 
were the Patriots and the Titans. That's really who he, I mean, unless he wanted to take 10 million less, um, it's Patriots or the Titans who have, you know, good offers on the table. And so do I think that the Patriots are, have a better QB, have a better defense. They definitely have more stable management, but, um, but I, I just don't know that he totally sold out completely. Um, Cause to me, a $10 million difference, it, it is significant, but at the end of the day, he did go for the money then to just be like, fine, I'll take 10 million less and go play with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Jury's still out on Mac Jones too, the Patriots quarterback. Yeah. And uh, I think when you think about, oh, look, you know, in a lot of people's estimations, Bill Belichick is the goat. Not everybody finds it easy to play for him. Uh, yeah. He he has a certain system, you know, and, and he has a certain way of doing things, and it doesn't always match up with with different kinds of personalities. Mike Vrabel, even though he and Harbs have gone head to head over over the last couple of years, and sort of the the revamped Titans Ravens rivalry, which has been so much fun, and the stomping of the logo, and the you know the midfield showdown between Malcolm Butler and Harbs. I mean, it's been a it's been a lot of fun these last couple of years. But Mike Vrabel is just universally respected, I think, within the football community. And I think a lot of guys want to play for him because he actually played the game himself at an extremely high level. So I wonder mm-hmm. if that was a factor in it as well. You know, speaking of the Patriots, though, there's been some some players, both a, a past and a present player who have gotten involved in the reporting aspects of this. And it's kind of funny because this these tweets came in before DeAndre himself ended up tweeting out on Sunday night, essentially that he's a Titan. He said, always loved having haters and doubters, but I appreciate it even more now. Tighten up. Now that tweet came after Matthew Judon, of course now is with the Patriots, former Raven essentially tweeted that it was fake news, this signing and former Raven Des Bryant disputed this as well. Again, these tweets came before D hop came in and essentially confirmed it so i don't know where these guys sources are at i don't know if they're just having well, i think they're joking going. they're definitely yeah, joking probably. yeah he's definitely yeah. joking because of course Matthew Judon, yeah they wanted him so that's like marlon humphrey who, who who could have been recruiting him and then be like nope 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 fake news fake news you know it's totally i think he's totally joking trying to like he's in denial they're yeah matthew judon oh, is yeah. in denial yeah now what's what's interesting about when you look at the track record in Tennessee with veterans kind of making their final stops. Yeah. There haven't been a ton of, of good stories at the wide receiver position to have come and kind of finished their careers in recent memory with the Titans. You think of guys like Julio Jones most recently didn't exactly work out well for him. And that was literally last year and, and Andre Johnson, Randy Moss, they come to mind as well. So D-Hop's going to hopefully buck a trend that that hasn't exactly been in Tennessee's favor over the years. Yeah, I mean, it is. I, I definitely see a lot of um, Ravens fans joking about, yeah, definitely the te- Tennessee's a wide receiver gra- graveyard with Julio Jones, Andre <laughs> Johnson, and, and Randy Moss. And I forgot Randy Moss went to Tennessee, by the way. I, like, I was like, Randy Moss went there? Um so anyway, I don't I don't wish that on anybody. I want D Hop to thrive on him to continue to put up a Hall of Fame career. I prefer to watch greatness than than watch it, 
you know, uh, slowly die out. But I certainly hope it's a graveyard when it comes to the playoffs and when the Ravens play them and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, you want them to, to be more in the graveyard than than still continuing a Hall of Fame career. Uh, but that it, that will be something to watch because Tennessee is starting to to get that that reputation. And speaking of players mm-hmm. who are finishing their careers. It does look like Deshaun Jackson. Um, it's it's not completely clear, but it certainly plays into it on Instagram. Certainly insinuated that he is retiring. So he put up on Instagram a photo of himself um, in a Ravens jersey, by the way, and he wrote a caption: <clears throat> "Did it my way for 15 years strong. Never another like it. One of one." So it made it seem like um, talking about it in the past that perhaps he is he is retiring. Um, so if so, that certainly was a f- fruitful career, not as fruitful as we would have liked in Baltimore. Uh, but but we'll keep keep tabs on that to see if he is indeed retiring. Speaking of a guy, right? Like speaking of a guy who just doesn't want to, you know, hang him up. The guy's been all over the place these last few years. You know, he's played with. The Raiders, he's played with the Rams, of course, the Ravens, the Buccaneers. And then, you know, he really was was a legend with with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, if this is it, man, heck of a career. And I just like you said, I kind of wish we we could have seen him uh, in his more youthful age, even though there were some fun moments with with him and Lamar. You know, I think about that primetime yeah. game. I, I want to say it was maybe down in it must have been the Monday night one in New Orleans last year where he had that long completion with Lamar and he just, he's still, he's still got it. So this does look like it could be an indication though of, of his, um, you know, his, his career coming to a close. So anyway, shifting gears, Joe Mixon is restructuring his contract. Of course, Bengals running back. And this is something that's been uh, kind of a, a major storyline for Cincinnati throughout the course of this offseason, just in terms of what his actual future is with the team. So anyway, they, they've they officially finalized a restructured contract. It's going to keep him with the Bengals for the 2023 season. He was due just over $10 million this season with a cap number uh, of just below $13 million. So the new deal basically frees up a bunch of cash and cap for Cincinnati. Again, they still have to sign Joe Burrow long-term. So perhaps there could be a correlation there. Uh, But the big picture here is that Mixon is going to stay as, you know, their first string running back. He's been there throughout the majority of his career. Uh, We we know the Ravens know him very well, and they're going to get to know him even better this year. Yeah, so I I feel like sometimes when agents give news to the national guys and they give this kind of information, you always have to differentiate if he's restructuring or if he's actually taking a pay cut. Because restructuring is just like they get more cash right now and then they're pushing the dead money down the line. In Joe Mixon's case, no, he's taking a pay cut. He's losing about uh, $4.5 million for both this year and next year. So um, this obviously is news for us in, in Baltimore because the Ravens are still going to have to put up with Joe Mixon. And then creating that kind of space, they got a lot of weapons over there. So, you know, if, if guys are willing to take less, then that bodes well for an AFC North rivalry. Now, the other reason why we kind of wanted to talk about it is because Torrey Smith, uh, former Ravens wide receiver, uh, who's very active in Baltimore, had a pretty strong reaction to, to the news. 
Um, and this is what he wrote. He quote retweeted Ian Rappaport's report on um, how much Joe Mixon took a pay cut for. And Tory says they are trying to kill running backs. The reality of it is the money will roll. The money will roll back in the quarterback's pocket. And then he put up a meme of um, oh. Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine Nine, funny, funny show. But anyway, it's got that meme where it say, where it says it's disgusting. So he's saying it's disgusting, and he thinks that the NFL is uh, trying to kill running backs. So, what is your reaction to Tory Smith's kind of assertion there? This has been happening for a while. I mean, it's just it's it's where the business is right now. That the, the unfortunate part is that. You know, are, are running backs undervalued? I, I don't know about that. It's just, it's business, you know, like unfortunately the position itself from a shelf life standpoint is not what it once was. And unfortunately JK, as we've talked about this off season is seeing that the harsh reality of that as well as he kind of looks for a new deal coming off his rookie con, you know, entering the final year of, of his rookie contract. So I see where Tory's coming from. He's a former player, so I'm sure it, it hits him different. You know, it's it's personal in, in some ways, but you know, to me, it really is just business. What about you? Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like what does everybody expect when everybody's you can't yell pay the man for everybody. You just can't. They're a dime a and dozen. So, Running backs are a dime a dozen. Look at what uh, Kansas City did last year with uh, Pacheco. He was like a late round pick, and he was the guy down the stretch for them. Like they're just unfortunately they're a dime a dozen. J.K.'s uh, from a competitor, uh, you know, competitor standpoint, what he brings to the the team and whatnot. I know he's not a dime a dozen, but unfortunately the position ha- has become that over the years. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right. And so, like, for two years, everybody's been yelling for for the Ravens to pay Lamar Jackson, right? We agreed they got it done. But if Lamar and the, and the quarterbacks and their market continue to astronomically grow, I mean, Lamar got $52 million per year. Josh Allen, who signed two years ago, got $43 million a year. I mean, $11 million more a year is how much the market went up in two years. Yeah. And by the way, everybody was yelling that they should pay him like Watson, which would have like been even more of an effect on we'll reset on everything players. again. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess just to me, I would I guess. If you're going to have a position that Tory Smith has, and he's welcome to have it, but if you're going to have it, 
you should be more talking about get rid of the the cap structure structure because Tory Smith I know is in favor of the Ravens paying Lamar Jackson. So who do you think is going to be impacted by that? It's going to be if it's not JK Dobbins and the running backs, it's going to be somebody else, but it's going to be the position where if you lose that person, you can get somebody else who can get at least 80% of the production at 20% the cost. That's the 80-20 rule. And so I just continue to find it disingenuous. If you're upset that running backs are losing their money, and I get it just as like a human, you feel bad, even though they're all going to still make plenty of money more than the ordinary person. Um, so that's that's great. You're looking out for guys like Joe Mixon and the running backs. I think that's great. But just remember, two seconds ago, you were also screaming to pay Lamar, and you want quarterbacks to be paid. So um, it's a passing league. We know that it keeps going that way. It's changed quite a bit. And to, to Tory Smith's point, they are changing the rules so that it is easier on quarterbacks and the passing game and all of that. It, def- defenders cannot play like they did in the Ray Lewis era. And so in that way, you are kind of artificially helping wide receivers and, and quarterbacks get paid more. Um, but I want to see them attack those types of things rather than just say, oh, this is disgusting that Joe Mixon is voluntarily taking a pay cut. And and you know what he's did. He just looked at the at the market. He sees that JK isn't getting paid. He sees that Dalvin Cook got cut. And he sees that all these guys that are on the market. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to sit on the market. I've got a pretty good gig over here. And we're Super Bowl contenders. So I'd rather take the pay cut and keep playing. Before we shift gears off the Bengals, <laughs> there was um, <laughs> a guy named Joe Shiesty. At Joe Cool Stan, clearly a Joe Burrow fan on Twitter, that uh, found his uh, his mentions probably flooded with several folks from the Ravens flock on Twitter within the last couple of days. He tweeted essentially a hodgepodge worth of clips from one of the 2021 games during the injury plagued season when the Ravens and and Bengals matched up against each other, and he. <laughs> The caption was, remember that time Joseph Lee Burrow threw for 525 yards against that XFL team, <laughs> hashtag who day, hashtag bangles. And if you can remember, Sarah, which I'm sure you can, they basically had a practice squad out in the secondary for the Ravens right. defense that, that season down the stretch. And so uh, our girl, Rita, Rita Hubbard on Twitter, quote tweeted Joe Shiesty and said, so is this an admission that they played against Amazon drivers? I mean, literally, like it was so they were so depleted, specifically that game, but but all the second half stretch that they had guys that hadn't even been in the building suiting up for them. Yeah, no, it was it was I remember when uh Wink Martindale had left and, and gone to the Giants and they, you know, he was, you know, Wink always has like good one-liners, but people ask like, what did you learn? And he's like, well, not to try to uh, defend people with, I think he said Uber drivers. So I can't awesome. remember. Yeah. I can't remember which of those guys that, that came in off the bench was like an Uber driver, or Amazon driver, some kind of, some kind of driver or whatever, which by the way, props to whoever that is that like one minute you're like, grinding and trying to make a living driving and making deliveries. And then the next minute you're up against Joe Burrow and, and all these guys, but to the Bengal fans point, like, yeah, it kind of was an XFL team. So like your flex isn't such a great flex because Marlon Humphrey was out, I believe 
Marcus Peters was out. I mean, all the starters were out. And uh, I'm, I'm even trying to remember some of the names of the guys. I thought I had it written down here, but that's the point is you can't even remember some of the names of the guys because it really was like an XFL team in the secondary. Yeah, I think Daryl Worley might have been one of the guys out there. Mm. But but yeah, it's been a couple of years now. But I think the point being, uh, this guy got it hand to, handed to him pretty good <laughs> and uh, as he should have because, you know, he really proved his own point. And I don't think that was his goal of the tweet. So, you know, anyway. That's that. Cincy will be Cincy, right? They do not just the guys on the personnel on the team do all do a lot of the talking. It's within the fan base as well, and it's all in good. What well, all fan bases you know. do that way, we'll say. But yes, the team abnormally talks a lot of trash. It's all in good fun, you know. Yeah. It's, it's it's fun stuff. As was this this clip that went viral <laughs> uh, on Twitter on TikTok. It looked to me like it was a boardwalk setting, kind of like an ocean type vacation, and this account went up to this, this content creator went up to a couple girls and had some cash on the line. If they could name three athletes and here is what transpired. You guys can name three sports players. I'll give you a hundred dollars. Okay. Um, Aaron judge, um, Nelson Aguilar. What? Who is that? You don't know who Nelson Aguilar is. No. Did you just make that up? Nelson Aguilar. Alexa. All right, and, and that third one. Have you been living under a rock? Who is that? What sport? <laughs> oh my God. Aaron Judge. And who else? I swear that person's not real though. I think we need two more. We only have Aaron really? Judge. That really? person is not Nelson real. Nelson Aguilar. Yes, he is. Oh, stop. Alexa. Yes, stop. We need her. two more. She's naming someone fake. No, he's no, that's, he's a real sports player. No, he's not. Yeah, he what sport does he play? I don't know. You should know what sport he plays. He's Nelson Aguilar. Who is he? Yeah. Nelson Aguilar. You guys don't have a third? No, I can name, name a third. two more. Name I can name two more, but she's literally naming someone fake. They, they, they named somebody else. We have Nelson Aguilar, Aaron Judge. I swear that person's not real, though. I think we need two more. If you guys can name three sports players, I'll give you $100. Okay, so that's hilarious. <laughs> With all due respect to Nelson, um, that is hilarious. It's so hilarious. What's funny to me is the one friend is clearly... <laughs> like, even if your friend is wrong and there's no such person as Nelson Aguilar, the guy who's giving you the money is saying it It like it counts. <laughs> like, yeah, move on. Move on. But Get she your can't third move and on. move on. She can't move on because she can't name anybody else, which is fine. But I just, of all people, name three athletes like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like these, the Steph Curry, like Lamar. I mean, these huge names. And Homegirl comes up with Nelson Aguilar. I hope that Nelson, I don't know if he's active on Twitter, but I would be hilarious if he responded to that. It's so right. good. And and I think I have a theory before we before we move okay. on. I do have a theory. There's a video. I think it was back in 2019 that went viral of after a essentially like a fire broke out in a building, I think, in yes. like West Philly. Yeah. And, and the Good Samaritan who saved people from the building went viral, essentially like calling out Nelson Aguilar. Like it was hilarious. Right, he was saying he um, was, was catching like, kids. They were throwing kids out the window, and he's like, and I was catching them, unlike Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> yes, and it's that. the funniest thing because he looks at the camera with like this attitude, and it's just so classic Philly. If you've ever been there, if you ever like, if you know an Eagles fan or any Philadelphia sports fan, you know that these people are rabid, you know. And I just thought that yeah. that was like, so maybe, maybe one of these girls was like, 
just familiar with that video. Um, but anyway, <laughs> what you got? What else? What else you got? All right, another quick hit here. Um, so Warren Sharp, uh, we've referenced him several times. Um, he put out a list of the total touchdowns quarterbacks have scored before turning 24, 24 years old. Okay. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is so far ahead of everybody. Okay. Lamar Jackson scored 24 total touchdowns, 87 of them before he turned 24. Now, Lamar, I do believe, came into the league a little bit earlier than, you know, a lot of other guys, but I don't care. Like, so, so he maybe have like an extra year on people, but, but the point is, is that, I mean, just because you come in younger, some guys come in young and they're just like blinded by the lights of the NFL and can't do anything and shrink when the lights come on them. So he's got 87. The next two people are 10 touchdowns down from him. Justin Herbert and Jameis, uh, Jameis Winston had 77. Dan Marino, okay, 70. And then you go all the way down to is, who is the GOAT right now, Patrick Mahomes, he had 59. So anyway, I bring this up because it's just hilarious to me how, Bobby, almost every day you go out on the internet and you can hear about things that Lamar cannot do. And it's just like, if he's so terrible, why does he have so many records like these? Like 87 touchdowns before he turns 24, which is another reason why. Like, just don't panic. He's still so young. There's so much more football left to play. Yep, we could spend an entire episode dedicated to records, milestones, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But we still wouldn't have enough time because that's how much he's filled up the, the sheets over his first five years in the league. So... Anyway, Marlon Humphrey took to Twitter recently and had something to say about that recent, uh, essentially NFL rankings, right? By execs, we've we've um, we've cited this within the last week or so. But the um, yep. the ESPN piece, it's an annual thing that ranks certain positions based on uh, Jeremy Fowler's, you know, reporting from talking to ex- executives, players, coaches, scouts all throughout the league. And so the top 10 best offensive tackles in the NFL is, is, is a list that includes the following players. Uh, one, I'm going to, I'm going to stop at the start at the top here. Trent Williams, San Francisco, Laramie Tunsil, Houston, Tristan Wirfs, Tampa, Lane Johnson, Eagles, Jordan Melata, Eagles, Penny Sewell, Andrew Thomas, Rashawn Slater, Christian Derisaw, Colton Miller. That's the top 10. And they, they even go as far as to mention five honorable mentions and as Marlon made sure to note, Ronnie Stanley is not on this list. And, Rod, and Marlon quote tweeted it and said, does Ronnie Stanley play in the NFL? I think what's happened here is since the the ankle injury that obviously just set him back mm-hmm. significantly, I think folks have forgotten about him. Yep. You know, and, and I think some of it's fair because, you know, durability has been a problem ever since. And we know there's been some cleanups and it's been a really, really difficult you know, time for him to get back to what he once was in, in 2019. But we've seen flashes from him last year that that show you like when he's healthy and he's available, he's a bona fide top 10 guy. And the numbers tell you that, you know, he protects Lamar's blind side better than anybody. And so I think until he puts together probably a clean season health wise, I don't know why, but but national folks are overlooking them. 
Yeah, definitely. I think you said it perfectly that they're just forgetting about him. Uh, I got one last quick hit, but just real quick, I found who was out on that that XFL game from the Bengals. So Marlon Humphrey was out, Marcus Peters was out, and Jimmy Smith was out. This is at corner. And then in their place was Anthony Averett, Kevon Seymour, and then Robert Jackson. I have no idea who oh, Robert yeah. Jackson yeah, yeah, yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You okay. just jogged my memory. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last, last note of today. So um, <clears throat> over the weekend, the Jacksonville Jaguars signed their tight end, Evan Ingram. Um, <clears throat> they signed him uh, to a deal that where he's getting 3.75 million per year. And that just kind of brought up where does Mark Andrews fit in the highest paid uh, NFL tight ends. And he actually still barely beats out Evan, who just got paid. So Evan was at 3.75. Mark Andrews is number five overall in the league. He's getting 14 million per year. Top dollar but, but, is but Ingram is 13.75. I think you said you said three point. Oh, my bad. Yeah, 13.75. Thank you for the correction. Yep. Um, yep. And so Darren Waller is number one at 17 million. Then George Kittle at 15 million. Travis Kelsey, 14.3. And then Dallas Godert, 14.2. And then Mark comes in at 14. And I remember at the time, Mark was paid in the top three. And he was asked, hey, why didn't you try to go get for number one? He's like, yeah, I don't I don't care about that. Like, I've got paid well. I just want to be here and I want to win. So um, so he started at number three. Now he's now he's down at number five. Yep, and that's why this city absolutely adores him, and I can't wait to see, especially based on a recent Instagram post that he put up. You could just tell that guy is chomping at the bit. He's ready for for this season. The guy loves football, and I can't wait to see what he puts on paper with all these different weapons now uh, at Lamar's disposal, including, we know, his number one target, number 89, Mark Andrews. As always, we appreciate you for dropping by the vault. We wanted to shout out two of our returning patrons who are supporting both of us on YouTube, our audio only show and everything we're doing here inside the vault. That's Big Fesh 927 and Anise. We appreciate you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same, you can check out what we're offering on Patreon by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. That'll do it for this Monday morning edition here inside the vault. For my co-host Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett. As always, you can reach us by email via Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com. And you'll next hear from us on Tuesday morning. <laughs>